Hey, and welcome to the First Assembly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message and that it leaves you feeling uplifted and encouraged in your walk with Jesus. It is Pentecost Sunday, and what an honor to be speaking on the subject of witness. I love this subject. When I knew that was the subject, I thought, yes, this is fantastic. And um, uh, again, before I, before I jump in, the, my message today is probably not a normal Pentecost Sunday message. And so I want to kind of offer a, a couple of caveats. Number one, if there's any repetition, I haven't watched the uh, previous speaker, so it's just Holy Spirit emphasis, okay? And number two, this morning I'm going to share a lot of stories from my own life. And I don't hold myself up as an example, but for the the points I want to make, I've got a number of personal stories that I think are instructive and illustrative, and so I hope you'll forgive me for just sharing a lot of my own stories. I know you've got great stories too, but I'm preaching so you get to hear my stories, <laughs> okay? All right, Acts chapter 1-8, Jesus, just before he ascended, he, he uh, spoke these words to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. Those were the final words that Jesus spoke to his church, his final instructions. And it's funny. I remember when I first got saved and I heard, like, you know, we're going to witness for Jesus and I'm going to give my testimony. I thought, oh, those are kind of strange, strange terminologies. In fact, it kind of conjures up, kind of conjures up the image of a courtroom, you know, where you give witness, and you, or you're a witness, and you give testimony. But if you think about it, the words are poignant, and they're, they're filled with rich meaning because that's exactly what we do. We testify to the goodness of God, his reality in our life. We testify to his grace, his love, his kindness, his mercy. We give witness to, to what he has done in our own personal lives, that he's transformed our lives. I love telling stories about people like Pastor Sergey, a former heroin addict who's now tearing up his nation with, for, for the kingdom of God, just doing amazing things. He's an amazing leader. That's what God does. God takes broken lives and he completely transforms them and we are witnesses to that. We testify to that. We testify to his miracle working power and, and uh, his power to heal. We testify. We are his witnesses. You are his witnesses. And it's an incredible honor to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Um, just before I move on, I want to do a little quick review from the last time I was here. Last time... We were talking, the subject was called living, I think it was called uh, living your mission, right? Something like that. And I, I asked you this question. I said, how's your dash? How's your dash? Anybody remember that? How's your dash? And not the dashboard on your car, but this dash right here, that little dash between your birth and your death, that little dash that represents our life. So brief, so brief, and yet it determines our eternity. The very few years that we spend here has a great impact on the next trillion years of spending with Jesus. And my question is, are we living our dash well? Are you living your dash well? I propose to you that the best summary of our mission here on planet Earth, your mission, my mission, is the YWAM motto. To know God and to make him known. 
to make him known. And that's what we're talking about today, making him known. You are my witnesses. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to receive power to be my witnesses. And we're going to make him known. There's so many great scriptures that speak about our responsibility to share Jesus with people. This is one of my favorite right here. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I was telling the earlier audience that when my wife and I first got saved, we had a, a, a gentleman come and stay with us in our house, and he was an amazing evangelist. He would go out on the streets, and his name was Jerry, and he would engage just, I mean, he would engage the toughest people and tell them, Jesus loves you. And I'm going, oh, I can't do that. And then I, I read this passage, I thought, oh, wait a minute, I get to share Jesus with gentleness and respect. I don't have to be Jerry, and you don't have to be me. We get to be ourselves. But it is our responsibility to share Christ with people. It's not the responsibility just for evangelists. Every one of us, we are all called to be witnesses. And the scripture says, always be prepared. Who's he speaking to? Who's the scripture speaking to? All of us. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. I'm convinced that Jesus creates incredible opportunities every day for us to share the gospel. And I'll tell you, I've missed so many opportunities. I always rejoice when I get it right. But uh, as I was preparing for this message, I was reminded of one funny story. Going back quite a number of years now, um, I was, um, just after Lynn and I got married, I still had a nice little uh, Camaro. It's the only sporty car I've ever owned. And uh, I was away on a business trip, and Lynn called me up, and she said, Greg, I got bad news. Your car was parked on the street, and somebody hit it right in the driver's door. I thought, oh, man. So I got back to Calgary. I took it to a little auto body shop on 9th Avenue, and I met a gentleman by the name of Gord. And uh, Gord fixed my car. He did a great job. And, and um, I, I learned that he was going through a difficult time in his life. I think he was going through a divorce. And I, I felt the Holy Spirit saying, tell Gord how much I love him, that I'm there for him. And I chickened out. I didn't do it. So I had Gord's card. I went back. I took it back to my office. I put it up on the wall. And I, would, uh, I, I thought to myself, I'm going to take Gord out for lunch. And I'm going to tell him what a great job he did. And I'm going to share Jesus with him. Well, months went by. There's no way I can call him up now and say, hey, Gord, you fixed my car a year ago. I want to take you for lunch and thank you. So one night I'm working late, and Lynn calls me up, and she says, Greg, she said, sit down. I don't know how to tell you this. I was back in the station wagon out. Your car was on the, parked across the street, and I backed right into the driver's door. And before I could get angry with her, the Holy Spirit said, you go back and talk to Gord. <laughs> that strong. So I went back and I, I showed, hey, hey, Gord, look, <laughs> same spot, can you imagine? So he fixed the car. I said, Gord, I want to take you out for lunch. So I took him out for lunch and I told him everything that had happened. And I said, you know, you know Gord, I shared the gospel with him. I told him how much Jesus loved him. He thought that was pretty amazing that Jesus would wreck my car twice <laughs> because he loved Gord so much. And then four months later, it happened again, exact same spot. I took it back to Gord, and I'll, I'd like to say he was like ready to repent, but no, he, he wasn't. But he was amazed. When he saw the car, he saw me in the exact same spot. He knew. He knew. He knew. And as the scripture says, for God so loved Gord that he wrecked my car three times. <laughs> <laughs> 
I believe God goes out of his way to create opportunities for us every day if we're just attentive to them, if we just listen to the Spirit. Yesterday, I was out walking Daniel's dog. Daniel's in Europe right now, our son, and I'm kind of babysitting his dog. I was out walking his dog, and I met a beautiful family from Ukraine and had a chance to share God's love with them, and they were in the early service this morning. So fantastic. God's always making opportunities. It says in that scripture as to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. That means that they must see our hope. They must see our hope. They need to to see Jesus in us. In fact, there's another scripture that puts it even kind of nice. It talks about how we are the very fragrance of Christ. 2 Corinthians, or I'm sorry, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. He uses you to spread the aroma of him everywhere, all throughout Calgary. We're the very fragrance of Christ. So not only should they see our hope, not only should they see Jesus in us, they should smell him. They should smell him. Again, going back a few years, while we were still in Calgary, before we moved over to Europe, um, we invited one of Lynn's colleagues to one of the big Christmas concerts that we would, would do here. And afterwards, we invited her back for, uh, for uh, coffee to our home. And as we were just sharing Christ with her, just gently and with respect, I felt the overwhelming presence and love of God for her, just literally pouring out of me. And I said to her, I think her name was Janine, I said, Janine, you just need to know how much Jesus loves you. And she said, yes, I can see him right now. <laughs> well, that felt pretty good. <laughs> Again, I don't always get it right, but boy, I, I, that, was, that was so beautiful. I literally felt, I felt God loving her through me. And I don't want that just to be a story from many years ago. I want to experience that every day, every week. How about you? Where we can literally be, people can feel, they can see him, they can smell him through us. You are his witnesses. You are his witnesses. Um... Here's another, I want to ask you another question, another story. Um, a number of years ago, I was on a flight out to Kiev. I was sitting beside a lady who I understood her name is Donna. And uh, as we struck up a conversation, I learned that uh, she grew up in a Christian home, Salvation Army home. She'd kind of walked away from God, wasn't serving him. And I had a picture of a praying mom. I knew Donna's mom was praying for her. And praying a prayer like this, Lord, would you please lead someone across Donna's path who would share your love, who would share the gospel. Has anyone ever prayed a prayer like that? Let me see your hands. You've ever prayed a prayer like that for a loved one? I bet you we all have. And I was hit with the overwhelming understanding. Wow, I'm the answer to Donna's mother's prayer. And you go, wow, Lord, this is amazing. She's praying over somewhere in the United States and we're on a plane to Kiev and you're using me to answer her prayer. And I'll tell you, I felt the responsibility and the intensity of that and man, I pressed in. Before the flight was over, I prayed with Donna. She didn't give her life to Jesus. I prayed that God would, she would return to her father's house and big tears welled up 
in her eyes. I don't know what happened after that. Didn't keep in contact with her. Because you see, one sows, another waters, and somebody else reaps. And we trust, we trust God to superintend that whole process. It's awesome to be used by the Lord. Another time, a similar situation, I was, uh, my flight was diverted. It was flying from Edmonton to London, and I got diverted to Chicago. And uh, I went on to the flight. There was just two seats together, and I sat down beside this lady. who I, Her name is Kathy, I learned. And as I sat down, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you're going to lead her to Jesus. I thought, what? I mean, that must be my imagination. Anyway... Conversation opens up, and sure enough, she's not a believer, but she's got believing family. Her sister is a born-again Christian, and she's got lots of born-again Christian friends. And uh, finally, I said, you know, Kathy, you, know, you realize that your sister's praying for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You realize that your friends are all praying that God would lead somebody across your path, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kathy, here I am. <laughs> it's me. I said, you're never going to see me after today. So you can go ahead and ask any question you want. You can give me any argument you want. You, can, you will never offend me. Anyway, by the time we reached the end of the flight, she had given her life to Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think that's the only time that's ever happened. I, normally, I, I just shared Christ, but, uh, but she actually gave her life to Jesus right on the plane. I, I said to her, Kathy, when you get back to Edmonton, you tell your friends and your sister what you've done. You promise me? Oh, yeah. So I just, I leave, that with, I leave that with Jesus. That's the way he operates. And it's so beautiful to be used by him. And I'm going to bring this to a close. You know, the creative God of the universe, the one who created the thousands and thousands of species of fish and birds and animals, who's created all of this, his spirit lives in you. And when it comes to sharing the gospel... We should be some of the most creative people on the planet. And if we just listen to his voice, he can give us analogies and metaphors and stories and all kinds. And it's fun. It's fun to share Jesus. And you know what? When we do, I'm reminded of what Christ has done for me. Every time I share the, the gospel, Pastor Ben, I, I realize, wow, what has God done for me? It's amazing. So I want to encourage you to be his witnesses. In fact, let me go beyond that. It's Pentecost Sunday. I want us to dwell on this scripture, Acts 1.8. Jesus says, I give you power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to be my witnesses in Calgary, in Alberta, in Canada, and even in Novokuznetsk, Russia. And you got to know, I love the moving of the Holy Spirit. What happened here earlier today, Pastor Ben, that was so beautiful. The story of that man getting healed. I say, Lord, more, more, more. I love when people get baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. I love it when they get, when they get knocked down under his power. They can't even stand in his presence. I love the holy laughter. Ooh, I love the holy laughter thing. I love that stuff. I love it. And yet that's not why. Jesus gave us his power so that we can have nice parties. They're, they're wonderful. They're great. And I want more and more. But he actually gave us power to be his witnesses out there. Out there. My dream, and I know Pastor Ben's dream, is to see people getting healed in the marketplace. Bringing your friends to church on Sunday and, and saying, hey, Jesus healed them on Wednesday. 
And we can say, hey, would you like to meet the person who just healed you? His name is Jesus. Isn't that cool? As Pastor Ben said so eloquently earlier, that power resides in you. It resides in us. He's given us his power to be his witnesses. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we say more. More, Lord. More, Lord. I'm going to prophesy. If, if you want to receive more of his power, just, you can just sit where you are. You want to receive more of his power. If you want to be the answer to a mother's prayer or a father's prayer, you want to be a greater witness for him, even believing for people to be healed out in the marketplace. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Raise them both up. And so, Father, I just prophesy your word. Jesus, you said, I give you power. I give you power to be my witnesses. To this section, I give you power to be my witnesses. I give you power. That's what Jesus says. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be his witnesses. Jesus says, I give you power. Power to be my witnesses. Power to be my witnesses. Thank you, Father. I pray, Lord, I thank you for everything you're doing here today, Lord. I thank you for the moving of your spirit. But we pray, Lord, Lord, take it up a notch. Take it up several notches. Lord, we want to see people healed in the marketplaces. We want to see three and four and five services here, Lord, until we can move into that new facility. Come, Holy Spirit. Be glorified in this place, Lord. Let people see. Let them see our hope. Let them see our joy. Let them see you in us. Let them smell you in us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hands down. Like everyone, just to close your eyes. Close your eyes just for a moment. If there's anyone here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I would say, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? It is the most amazing life serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He just asks that we surrender. We just surrender. We say, Lord, I give you the steering wheel. You're the boss. Take my life and use it for your glory. I turn away from your sins, from my sins. I turn away from my sins. If that's you today and you would like to surrender your life to Christ, I want you just to raise your hand so I can see it. Anyone here like that? Just gonna wait a moment. Yes, everybody in the house are believers. Pastor Ben, if you'd come. Oh, Father, I just thank you again for all that you're doing in our midst, Lord. This is glorious, and it's only going to get more and more and more. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this church, Lord. Thank you for your people, Lord, and how you're going to be glorified through them in Calgary and Alberta, Canada, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Greg. Hey, thanks so much for listening. 
We pray that this week's message left you feeling challenged and encouraged as you continue to move through your week. For more information about First Assembly, or if you'd like to get connected, you can visit our website at fa.church. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.